and welcome to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan, joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Shannon. Hello. And Brody. Hello. Shannon, you missed out on the last episode, but I believe you went and got some Hungry Jacks anyway. Did you enjoy our <laughs> rambling 15-minute discussion at the end of the last episode? I did enjoy it. I did not end up getting Hungry Jacks. I think, as I said in Ooh. that response to James's tweet, it is my least favourite fast food. I hate sesame seeds on buns. Sorry, that's a big no for Hungry Jacks. <laughs> so when you go to Grilled, you're getting the traditional every time. You're Correct. not getting 100%. any of that whole grain or anything like that. Yep. Makes, makes a lot of sense. Well, I'm glad that you could uh, still weigh into the conversation, that important conversation that we had at the end of last episode. Um, but we are here today to talk about video games. And Brody, you've been playing a bunch and reviewing a whole bunch recently. I've got a couple um, that I want to ask you about today, which both on paper look to be very Brody-ass games. <laughs> but I guess we'll wait and see if that eventuated to be the case. Firstly, how did you find Cult of the Lamb? Yeah, I really enjoyed Cult of the Lamb. Um it, it's a it's a game of two very distinct halves, and uh, I think everyone has basically said that it's a uh, you know half dungeon crawling roguelike, half uh, colony sim manager sort of game where you know you you build up your little settlement, you gain your followers, you abuse their trust, uh, and <laughs> clean up their shit as they shit in the corner and throw up everywhere. So uh, yeah, look, it's 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 a very interesting concept. I, I I really enjoyed like the theme and the setting and all that sort of stuff. Like it's hard not to. Uh, uh, buy into you know the cutesy aesthetic uh given the grim undertones of, of the game um I, I really enjoyed it it's the first time i've really vibed with a settlement manager sort of thing like i hated it in fallout i've hated it in pretty much every other application of it i can think of but something about this one just really clicked with me and i've actually preferred those moments of the game uh to just the combat itself so that was a bit of a surprise for me um the only thing i, I, I guess i didn't uh love about the game is that while uh those two halves are really great individually i feel like they sort of didn't complement each other as well like it didn't really come together as like a really cohesive experience i feel um Mm. uh but the game's gorgeous like there's plenty of uh cool stuff to unlock and cool stuff to see there's reasons to return to these dungeons even after you you know kill the bishops and sort of move on in the story and all that but um yeah aside from that the only other thing would be that uh, side content and I guess side areas to explore are, are kind of sparse um, like you go to these areas and you think it's going to unlock yeah. sort of more possibilities of things to do but it's really just a, a new storefront basically where you can buy tarot cards which uh, kind of serve as uh, temporary passive buffs and stuff like that that you can pick up per run in terms of the roguelike side of things so uh, mm. yeah like really cool really enjoyed it uh, I think it's uh, definitely worth playing. I, I don't know if it's necessarily in my uh, game of the year contention. I think it's in the conversation, but um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Nice. I've um, only really gotten so far with it is to kind of have what I assume to be the extent of the kind of systems introduced to you, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of things that haven't yet been introduced yeah. to me. I'm still kind of going through like the kind of tutorial sort of section at the start where I, it's I giving you objectives and the, whatnot. The game has four uh, realms or worlds, I guess you'd call them, each guarded by yeah. a bishop. And I think they use pretty much the entirety of the first uh, realm or world or the first boss um, yeah. to uh, sort of run you through the mechanics and introduce everything. I think it does a good job in that regard. Um, All right, cool. Yeah. 
I, I'm really enjoying it, like, uh, based on what i played so far. I actually really hoped I could squeeze some in before um, before we started recording this evening, but I, time got away from me. Mm. Um, but, I'm, like, definitely it was on front of mind today. Like, I want to get back and try and squeeze in some more Cult of the Lamb if I can. Yeah, like, um, I, I've, I finished it, obviously, for review, but I've, I've started playing it again even. So, and that's a bit of yeah, a rarity cool. as, uh, for someone like myself who usually just plays it once and dumps it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you, I really enjoyed just kind of how the kind of cutesy aesthetic kind of suddenly clashes with this, um, you know, converter. Um, I, I, I don't have the exact words to mind at the moment, but just like the language that it uses around the cult, it just like mm. stands in stark, stark contrast um, to the aesthetics of the game. And like even kind of going and leading a sermon to um, upgrade your powers and stuff. I think it's just so clever how they've, they've played um played with the themes um and yeah to to your point about like the sediment building and stuff i obviously haven't waded into it way all that much yet but i kind of love that there's like hilarity kind of swept up in it too like mm. um you know you're feeding your cultists food that have a 15 percent chance that they shit themselves immediately and if you don't go and then clean up that shit there's a risk they get sick and if they get sick you have bodies to then clean up and i I, and, I if, and, and if you want hilarious. to, you can feed them that <laughs> shit right back to them. Like, that's this, that's what sort of game this is. So, yeah, it's definitely very depraved. Or it can be yeah. if you choose to be uh, like I, that. I've got a fun Cult of the Lamb-themed question for the rapid-fire question today without spoiling it. So, we'll talk a little bit more about the cultists a little later on. Um, Shannon, have you had a chance to play any Cult of the Lamb yet? I haven't. I installed it last night. But, yeah, there's just like three or four games that are all popping up. At once. That and this I'm strikes me as a game me. you would enjoy. I feel like you're okay. going to have some fun with it. Yeah, it's definitely like appealing, the art style and everything else. You say that with like a grin on your face, both of you, so I don't know what that means. Well, I just saw that you that. hit 60,000 followers on Twitter this week, so you're no stranger to leading an army cult. of cultists. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Be my uh, all right, Brody, well, out. secondly, let me ask you about Rollerdrome, the second game you reviewed this week. Um, another game that looks like it would be up your alley, but how did you find it? Yeah, again, I, I did enjoy it. Probably not quite as much as Cult of the Lamb. Um, it's, I guess, the elevator pitch on paper is very much, you know, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater meets The Running Man uh, meets Max Payne, I guess. Uh, Rollerdrome is effectively this, you know, public spectacle sport that um, involves rollerblading around an arena and basically killing everyone in it in uh, pretty spectacular and acrobatic ways. It's... Uh, in that sense, the gameplay uh, loop is really enjoyable and I think it's done quite well. Uh, the only dramas I sort of had were, you know, uh, the, the the mobility of the, the skates and everything can be a bit clunky. Like I think if you're driving in straight lines, generally it's all right, but any sharp turning you need to do, like it's very shopping trolley-esque, like it's very, uh, very cumbersome at times and the camera doesn't really do you a lot of favors uh, in moments like that when you're sort of uh, going up you know, quarter bowls and stuff like that and coming down a different side, like it gets a bit muddy and confused. Um, right. Again, this is another game where the art style is terrific. Like it's that sort of uh, washed out, but sort of uh, retro looking cell shaded look that Sable had. Um, yeah. And there's another game that I saw announced recently that has the same look as well uh, set in space. So I'm glad that that's sort of catching on. But um Ultimately, I think the game is mostly carried forward by its like sort of core gameplay loop and like the uh, competitive nature that will inherently come with the leaderboards and stuff like that in terms of like mm. the... Because it's very much a score attack uh, type of thing where 
uh, you know, like in Tony Hawk, you'll get like 10 objectives per level and they're not necessarily uh, essential to progress, but uh, it gives you something cool to aim for. Um, I do feel like while the setting and the whole concept of Rollerdrome is really cool, like the anti-capitalist messages that it, it preaches and all that sort of stuff, I do feel like the story was a little bit of an afterthought. Um, like it, it peppers characters in throughout here and there, but you don't really meet anyone in the flesh aside from the, the house players that you kill, like all the dialogue either and exposition takes place through like conveniently found letters and stuff like that strewn about a locker room or through like uh, closed doors. Like you can hear people talking on the other side of doors, giving you a little bit of backstory and stuff. So uh, I assume that's all budgetary, like, and like they would have liked to have done more and explored it more maybe, but um, yeah. so it's a shame that felt a little bit uh, undercooked and um Considering there's like 10 or 12 levels in the game, like 10 rounds uh, to get through to the uh, championship of the Rollerdrome, uh, I feel like there's only a good four or five arenas that you will see more than once, which I, I, right. f I found a little bit uh, underwhelming, I suppose. But ultimately, it's still like a really fun game. I definitely recommend it for anyone who enjoys both extreme sport games and like just cool, stylish bullet time shooters like you know Max Payne and stuff like that. It, it definitely scratches like that sort of weird itch just to you know, shoot shit. So, but less so, cause obviously you're like a skate fan. It, it didn't scratch mm. that itch quite so much. Not skate. Like Maybe it, it was the controls letting it yeah, down. Based like on the description. Skate and Tony Hawk, even a very different experience. It's like, um, it's definitely more of a Tony Hawk slash aggressive inline sort of experience. It's very arcadey. Like, um, yeah. and, and it's, it's really accessible in terms of its controls. Like, if you come off a ramp at a bad angle and you land on the ground, like in Tony Hawk, you'd bail out and like, there'd be, you know, consequence to that. Whereas in this game, you just roll out and you keep going. Like it doesn't put a lot of stock into skating well. Um, right. But uh, yeah, so it's more just the mode of getting around. Um, mm. I, I guess it did scratch that itch in a sense. And like, you can trick like the, the, the mechanic I like the most is the fact that, you know, your ammo for your guns is, tied to tricking like to replenish mm. your ammo you need to trick and like do news tricks to like build your ammo back up so it keeps the the battlefield pretty clean in terms of like there's no pickups all over the place to like you know replenish stock and stuff like that so it does yeah. a lot of really cool things it's just it's it's hamstrung by a few other things that are sort of hard to get past in a game where it should feel fast and fluid and like you know really smooth yeah hmm. interesting cool um shannon what are you playing at the moment? I haven't asked you that very basic question in a little while. I don't know if I can Can you talk? say what you're playing? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I've still been playing a lot of Multiversus. Um, I've gone oh, yeah. back to FIFA 22. Um, and then, yeah, a few, a few upcoming things that I don't know if I can talk about. But, yeah, I feel like we're starting to finally see some games come through after, like, a solid few months of not a lot. But I, I'm keen for both of the games you just spoke about. I don't know if I'll get time to play them, but... Rollerdrome and um, Cult of the Lamb both just stylistically look great. I'm yeah. really surprised. I'm going to be dividing my time. I think. Sorry, go on. isn't isn't on like Game Pass or PlayStation Plus? I really thought, had that pegged as like a PlayStation Plus title, so that was a bit of a weird one. But yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, yeah what, what, I'm kind of dividing my time between God of War and Cult Lamb at the moment, but I I am still keen to give Rollerdrome a go. Hopefully, I can find the time. What do you think Rollerdrome will come to first? Because I think the exclusivity is only about six months. Do you reckon it'll get to Game Pass before it gets to PS Plus? Nah, I think it'll get it'll be on PS Plus. I think I don't I don't know. 
I don't know. It's it's weird. I still isn't don't it? know what the crack is. With if it was going Plus, to be, wouldn't like, it be already? Like, it seemed like the ideal time to debut it. I, I well, I would have thought that the release date would have been the exact same day that PlayStation Plus updates for that exact reason. So I don't know. There's a trial apparently, which they haven't advertised either. An hour or two trial. So that is worth mentioning. If if it does sound interesting yeah. to you, there's, there's a PlayStation Plus trial. So go jump on that. Is that for people of the highest tier, or is that just open to it all? Is. No, the deluxe Highest tier. Highest tier? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad to see that's getting used. I wasn't sure how many trials would continue to be released for people on that tier. But, yeah. No, that's cool. Uh, all right. Well, let's get stuck into the rest of the show. And today, I'm eager to talk about some of these upcoming events that we've got, because there seems to be a few that have just kind of, like, all just crept up on me. Um, Shannon. Speaking of these significant gaming events coming up, Gamescom is next week and the Tokyo Game Show in the not-too-distant future as well. Um, But firstly, with the more imminent one, what do you expect to see at Gamescom? Um, I expect to see... What would you hope to see at Gamescom? Yeah, uh, firstly, I expect to see a lot of stuff that we already know about. Like, we've already confirmed we're getting, like, Hogwarts Legacy and Sonic Frontiers. So I think there's obviously... We've spoken about the fact or you did your in last week, how Q1 is stacked. The first half of the year is stacked. So I think we'll see a lot of updates on those games. Um, I'm hopeful at Gamescom we could see like God of War again or something like PSVR 2 or TGS, but like I, don't, I think probably not. But that would be the, the few things that are in the realistic pile, but probably not that I would like to see. But outside of that, I don't know. I'm feeling a good vibe about opening night live. Like, I feel like, yeah, it's it's always a weird one because it comes right after E3 and it's before the Game Awards. So it's sort of the one that just feels in the middle of nowhere. But I feel like it timing-wise, yeah. it's a really good time just for a few things to be announced, some good updates. And I think it's going to be a good show. Yeah, I had to remind myself of what's been kind of shown at Gamescom in the past and, o- and opening Night Live in particular. Um, and last... So- time it was pretty sizable yeah but it was you're right still a lot of like kind of deeper dives and games we already knew about um i do wonder when the right time is to show elden ring dlc i don't know if that'll be this opportunity or if it'll be the game wards later in the year i I feel Um, like you could expect it's going to be one of the two right i don't know what's the talk about that around like timing but if it is this, the end of this year or like early next, you would think that this could be a good time to at least tease it, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I feel like Elden Ring's going to get like a really strong showing at the Game Awards anyhow, and maybe they'll be aware of that and go, let's capitalize off this and kind of to really like hammer home the fact that you need to play this game, have DLC attached to it too. Um, I, so I'm already talking myself yeah, out great. of it. But the other, yeah. I think the thing worth mentioning is I don't think PlayStation or Nintendo are going to be at either Gamescom or TGS, I don't know how much that plays into like them announcing stuff. Like they could still show stuff, but you would think that anything substantial would be tied to them being at those shows. But it's Jeff Keighley. If anyone's going to make crazy things happen, he is the man. When do you think Kojima might make a presence? Like obviously there's some speculation that we're seeing Death Stranding coming to Game Pass pretty imminently. Um, I, could that be soon or is that something maybe more Tokyo Game Show centric? It's, it's hard. Like, I think everyone is, well, I, I can only speak for myself, but I'm still surprised we didn't see like a reveal of his game, um, Overdrive, whatever it's called, at 
E3 just because that it leaked and apparently people have seen that trailer. So I do think that's another one yeah. that could be at either of those. I believe he did tweet that he was working on something for Gamescom as well. So it could be Death Stranding for, for Game Pass. It could be this. But I would think Xbox and Kojima would want to keep that momentum going at one of these events. Yeah. Brody, what about yourself? Is there anything you're hoping to see? Let's kind of bring in Tokyo Game Show a little bit into the equation here. There's some rumors that um, PSVR 2 is going to be shown more extensively. Yep. Um, is there anything in particular you're excited to see or hope to see? Yeah, I, look, I haven't really been following Tokyo Game Show too much. I've only sort of seen the stuff that has been sort of said today about PSVR 2. And like even that, like that, that's pretty enticing to like get a better look at that tech. It's surprising that I guess they would do it through uh, a show like this when I think historically they would have their own presentations. But so I don't know whether it's necessarily going to be like really deep dives or not, but I'm definitely keen to see more of that, you know, Horizon game. Uh, what is it? Call of the Mountain? Yes, that sounds right. That sounds good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if they show that, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, maybe the uh, Blood and Truth team are working on something like that. That could be cool. Um but yeah, like like Shannon said, like Gamescom, I think is probably where most eyes are going to be. At least uh, eyes in the audiences that we we tend to deal with. Mm. I think so. Um, mm. Definitely keen to see what comes out of that. But I'm tempering my expectations. Like I, I at least from an Xbox fan perspective, because that's what I've just become accustomed to do. Um, I'd be. I'm not expecting megatons. Like I'm not expecting like deep dives into like you know Hellblade Two or anything like that. But if we maybe get to find out what some of these other, you know, smaller companies are working on, like, you know, Compulsion Games, who their last thing was We Happy Few, and they've been working on this new game for, it feels like half a decade. So, um, you know, to find out what they're working on, maybe getting a little bit of light shed on the coalition and stuff like that. But um, I think Xbox have even said that their presence is going to be fairly limited. So even that might be hoping for too much, but yeah. Yeah. Given that it's a Euro- European show, I'd be eager to see where Atomic Heart is at and maybe kind of have a, a narrower release window for that game too. Mm. Um, I think one thing's for sure is that we'll definitely see more... Um, what's that? Oh, like, civilization-looking game they announced at E3, like, Anna Histories Untold or whatever it is. Uh, the Europeans love their uh, sim games and builder games, that's for sure. So They, they uh, do, that's very true. <laughs> Um, and for Tokyo Game Show, I would shout out Capcom's conference and, um, maybe seeing some more Resident Evil, but I feel like they've kind of said all they need to say about Resident Evil for the time being, and I doubt we'll see anything more on it. No, they'll probably um, bring Street Fighter. And it certainly sounds like they're going to be steering more towards Exoprimal and a few others that elude me at the moment, but Yeah. Shannon, what about this Disney Marvel showcase? This one caught me by a bit of surprise. Um, this is coming off their kind of D23 yeah. um, convention that it is, so outside of these other events. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, this is un- an inaugural Disney game-centric showcase. What would you hope to see? Yeah, well, I, I think we can all agree that sort of Disney and Marvel are sort of pushing really back into the game space. Of when I saw a comment today that said, like, mm. Disney had stolen the um the the gaming accolades from dc as well now like with with the arkham games and and stuff 
having that limelight and now we've got Spider-Man and a bunch of these right, Disney, yeah. Marvel, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, like all of these gaming, big gaming Not properties. Not content are being with turned. dominating Hollywood. They've come in exactly. after the gaming space as well. Um, look, it's so hard to know. I think we'll obviously see a lot of the games that we know about, but I think we could see anything. I think we'll obviously be seeing um, Amy Hennig's new game, which is exciting. But I think we could see like Spider-Man 2. I think we could see some really like future projects like Disney loves announcing stuff like years in advance, right? Like they're not scared of announcing mm. what they're working on. And I feel like this could be the stage for that, but I'm just excited for a new major player to, to be hosting one of these events and see how they go about it. Like Disney are obviously seasoned veterans. So in the movie space and everything else, so I would love to see how they, they approach it with games and, is it going to be like Disney-led thing? Is it going to just be different publishers and developers on stage? Like, how are they going to do it? It's definitely exciting. Yeah, and like a really interesting smorgasbord, as you said, like of publishers and developers, right? With like exclusive titles and stuff all in the mix too. So, yeah. like in terms of trying to like the communication challenge of really kind of making that clear to an everyday audience member could be a bit of a challenge. But um, like Wolverine, like is it is yeah. it? Could it be unrealistic to see more of that game? I, I don't know. Um, and it's weird, like, you know, th- like the stage could be then be shared with Avatar as well, right? Like, is, that's yeah. exactly yeah a Disney it's property. 100%. <laughs> like, the, the, it's exactly like Disney in the movie and TV space. Like, most things you think of are going to be owned by Disney at this point. And it's, it's really going to get to yeah. that point in games as well in terms yeah. of, like, traditional IP that we know about as a game and i yeah like i said it's exciting because there's really no limit to what they could show and announce and in that same theme brody would you hope that they might show show more of jedi fallen order survivor is that what it's called uh the new jedi jedi yeah jedi I think is fallen so. order in there or is it just jedi survivor? Fallen order still in that? survivor uh yeah i don't know we'll uh yeah we'll google check that but um yeah i mean i I think that's a given uh i think that will probably be almost the feature piece of their their showcase given it's star wars jedi survivor i knew there were more words in there (laughs) yeah like i think that will be an enormous focus um i would have thought marvel's midnight suns would have been uh, you know, a big player as well, but given the delay, like they, I, I don't know that they'll necessarily. It put is going to be there. I think it. It was. Oh, on the it will list, be there, yeah. but I, it'll be there. I just don't know how big a player it will be now because yeah, it seems like a weird, weird, weird time to now build hype for a game that's not coming out for you know a handful of months. Um, I'm definitely eager to see this Amy Hennig game. Like, mm. um, there's a lot of speculation going around. You know, being an ensemble game, what they could you know do with it. We've already had the Avengers. We've already had uh guardians of the galaxy like where's it going to go next like could it be an x-men game could it be mm. thunderbolts like a lot of people are assuming um because obviously that could tie into there's a thunderbolts movie coming out so not that i know a damn thing about thunderbolts or who they are but uh hey i didn't know what the guardians of the galaxy were before uh, that movie either so um yeah i think there's a lot of stuff here to be excited about even the avatar game like i'm really keen to see that like yeah just to see what that game is like we've more or less only seen cgi stuff at this point so uh yeah i think this is cool like Does i said it, it's, it's cool to see them move into this space someone needs to clear up for me i think like what you know what a marvel fan would define as like an ensemble game or like yeah. an ensemble ensemble property like does guardians tick that box that was because my like thought. they they 
their own like team and their own entity, right? With are they still considered an ensemble? Is there like a collection of individual characters? Well, or? I, th- I thought so. I thought the same as the Avengers, like they're an ensemble yeah, of people. Well, and yeah, my... the, but the Avengers are a bit different, right? Because those are like individual characters that would otherwise have their own. Well, so are the Guardians series. If you get right down together. to it. Would the Guardians like have their own like Rocket's comic got his own comics, series, maybe. though? Does he? Yeah. yeah okay, so so right. Groot. Okay. Groot's got his own TV show. <laughs> true. My, yeah, true. Fair enough. My okay. thinking was more on like the gameplay style. Like I can't really see Amy Hennig doing sure, like right. a Marvel's Avengers type game. But then like, I think of like Guardians of the Galaxy and the way that works in terms of you playing as one character mm. and, and the rest sort of feeding off for story purposes. And obviously a bit of combat, but that is how I see an Amy Hennig Marvel game working. I feel like it'd be weird if it's yeah. like you play as six different characters. I don't know. That's yeah. just me. No, I totally agree. I can definitely see it being a more kind of Guardians of the Galaxy-esque, which I would be thrilled by because I really freaking love that game. One of my favorite games of last year. Anyhow, I guess we will all just have to wait and see what happens with all of these upcoming events. But let's speak on events that have already happened, being the THQ Nordic Digital Showcase. Uh, Shannon, did anything take your fancy that was announced at the THQ Nordic Digital Showcase? Um, Alone in the Dark, definitely. It was a shame that that leaked because I feel like that was their big um, showpiece announcement. So that, yeah, I really like the look of that. Um, obviously SpongeBob, but I won't talk too much about that because I know you will, you and <laughs> Space for Sale looked cool. I don't know if either of you saw that. It was like a little space sim, but just super cutesy looking and interesting. And Another game that reminds me of Journey to, to a Savage Planet. Yeah, that's Journey fair. Journey to the Savage Planet. Um, and, and South Park, just the announcement of that and that they're working on something um, was exciting for me and a, a lot of other people too. I think it was a good showing. I thought, yeah, yeah. I think it caught me caught me by surprise how many games there were of note in here. Um, Brody, did anything stand out to you? Uh, yeah, a few things. Uh, recreation looks really cool. Like I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of. Uh, I haven't played Dangerous Driving, but Dangerous Golf in particular is a really cool, uh, you know, change up of things of you know how a typical golf game would be. Like I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's basically, do you remember like Party Crash in Burnout Three? It's that, but you just like smash a golf ball around a room full of like valuable artifacts and you got to like rack up damage points and stuff like that. Um, right. Cool. So they're, they're making a new, like uh, apparently I'm just reading here, uh, it's a 400 square kilometer sandbox where you can like basically create your own impossible racing playground apparently. So it's very track mania meets burnout party crash. So that sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. AEW for yeah, forever. I'm interested to see how that kind of... Um uh, that track building all works and I guess like how much of a community kind of comes around it. Yeah. Well, that's um, kind of, definitely I have a lot of that. fun on GTA yeah. doing stun races that look very much like those. So yeah. Yeah. Um, could be, could be giggle. Yeah. AEW fight forever as someone who, you know, uh, vibes with wrestling and especially, uh, classic wrestling games, like from the Nintendo 64 era, this, uh, this game definitely looks like it's going after that audience. Like it's not going after the production values of like what WWE can churn out. Like it's not going to be able to hit that, but this game definitely yep. looks like it's um, going after the fun factor more than anything. So that's definitely cool. And uh, I'll obviously leave SpongeBob to you, but I'm vibing <laughs> that game in a big way. Um, and yeah, obviously whatever the South Park dudes are cooking up, like whether it's a, uh, a follow-up to the fractured butthole or uh, something new entirely, like, like I, I tweeted, we've sort of, seen them do a lot of different genres over the journey so who knows what they'll tackle next 
I'm glad we're all on the same page about SpongeBob <laughs> SquarePants, the cosmic shake. This Shannon sent this to me, and I had I honestly had no idea how to react initially, but then upon watching the trailer and seeing Patrick like float around like a little kind of um, companion sidekick character and all of the references to kind of events in the show too. Um, and some like kind of throwback to like classic SpongeBob episodes as well. Um, I, I am amazed that we're kind of in a world where SpongeBob is still relevant and new games are being made, but um, I, just, I think it's awesome yeah. that after, you know, the remake for battle for bikini bottom, that purple lamp have yeah. got to, you know, do their own thing. Like, I think that's really cool. Yeah, and I, I'm loving that sort of trend as well. Like, we've seen it with um, Crash Bandicoot too, right? Yeah. Um, where people are kind of stepping back into these kind of once-beloved um, 3D sort of platformers. Um, and clearly, they're they're finding, like, a modern audience. Um, I didn't actually go back and play Battle for Bikini Bottom um, as uh, as excited as I was to see wow, that. Wow, that's, that's coming to genuinely shocking. Very fair weather fan. I'm, I'm, pressed to, I'm pressed for time and it's, uh, yeah, I don't How know. How many maybe... hours of Apex have you put in since yeah, that? I was uh, going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably way too many. Um but yeah, I'm I'm super glad this exists, and I'm probably more excited to play this sort of being a new thing rather than something that is um, retreading familiar ground. Um, so yeah, props to THQ Nordic for uh, for making this happen. Um, okay. On the topic of I newly released or newly announced games, though, I uh, do have another couple that I was eager to quiz you on. Um, Lord of the Rings, a new Lord of the Rings title is being made in partnership with Weta Workshop and Private Division. Sorry, Weta Weta Workshop, I think it is, and Private Division. Um, Brody, is this something that interests you? Uh, no, not particularly. The Private Division portion of it, yes. I don't know what yeah. the Weta Workshop is, but um, uh, Lord of the Rings is not an IP that... I really care about. I think Weta Workshop are like a visual effects company or like an effects company that collaborated on right. the movies. Yep. Okay. Um, well, that with, checks uh, out. Uh, still no. Sorry. Wow. Fair enough. <laughs> what about yourself, Shannon? Um, there's not enough here for me to get excited. Like, I, I love Lord of the Rings. It's probably my favorite movie franchise of all yep. time. And I think like some of the wow. older like action adventure games were again, just very basic, but very great games and anything that's been announced in a, in a game point of view since middle earth, I think it was the, the few games. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, I'm not liking anything that I'm seeing and yeah, I don't want to say I'm not excited for this, but there's literally announce it with anything more than what they did, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think we would hope it's like more like Middle Earth, Shadow Mordor sort of vibes. Um, well, I'd hope but, uh, that it'll end up being like a life sim for mobile <laughs> only. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And I can't say like the existence of Gollum is all of that, all that oh, comforting yeah, that's as well. Which one. I, You're right. We, is that, that's like meant to be coming out soon, right? It was delayed. It was it delayed, was delayed okay. but in, Again, like, we hope. I loved I loved the concept of playing as Gollum, but then like a stealth game that doesn't. Oh. It's just one of these games. It's like who, like, and it was like the first brain job game announced like, what? like four years ago. Like drop that yeah. game already. <laughs> but it's like uh, yeah, who who was asking for this game really? Like who who is out there kind of hankering for a game in which you play as Gollum? 
Yeah, no. I don't know. I'd if you like, if you're playing a, a Lord of the Rings game, you want to be wielding a sword or a yeah, battle axe. Yeah, and I'd love Gollum as like my son arrow, right? Like a God of War style game where Gollum sure. is like with you in the world. Your would be son. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, literally, my child <laughs> that I would protect with my life, but my not precious. like this. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let me ask you about Team Asobi then and what they're cooking up because they revealed uh, just in the last couple of days that they're working on a new game that they've described as, quote, their biggest to date and that follows in the footsteps of games it has done before. Shannon, would you love to see like a full commercial um, AAA um, Astro, Astrobot game? Um, yeah, definitely. The, the first game, which was the VR one, um, was, was fantastic. Um, but just because VR yeah. at that point had died down a little bit and it was a bit painful to use with PS4 Pro and everything else. Like, I feel like enough people didn't play it. Um, but they're, they are a very talented team and a small team and really the only part of like Sony Japan that's left. So I'm all for them making an Ape Escape 4. That's what I'd like to say, <laughs> basically. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? That actually probably be perfectly suited um, for that as well. But no, no, seriously, like, they, they're they very talented. Like, yeah, the, the PS5 demo, like, still one of my favorite yeah. PS5 experiences. Like, just the way they use the controller and the worlds and how seamless that was. Like, it was, it was fantastic. And, yeah, I, I hope they scale up and do more. Uh, Brody, did you? I, I imagine as a dig- digital PS5 owner, you would have given <laughs> Astro's can't. Playroom a go. <laughs> I, no, <laughs> oh, Sarah, yeah. I'm still, I'm still like, that's always uh, playing on it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the only game I've platinum since I got the uh, the damn thing. But uh, yeah, I, I really liked uh, Astro's uh, Playroom. It's uh, probably the best platformer I've played this generation. <laughs> like it's uh it's it's, it's, it's that good. Um, yeah. yeah, like. To 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 consider that that's what that team did with that tech when it was brand new, like yeah. I'm keen to see what they can do with it, having scaled up their team. Like I can't believe Astro's Playroom was made by like 30 people. Like that blows my mind, and they've since like yeah. scaled up to double that. So um, yeah, very keen to see what they do, whether it's an Astro game or whether it's uh, something else entirely. Like I hope they stick with Astro. I think he's just the mascot that PlayStation needs. To be accessible to, I get. I feel like I feel like oh, accessible. Yeah, yeah. Astro, Inside, and, and, and Gollum, the three of them <laughs> like together. A, like as gay, as as great as uh, Nathan Drake is and Kratos, they need something I think that appeals a bit more to kids. Um, yeah, Sack Boy yeah. is fine, obviously, but uh, I think Astro uh, could really, uh, you know, have a bit of play there. So yeah, very keen. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. That's a good shout. All right. Well, I did promise a rapid fire question. Um, so, circling back to Cult of the Lamb, which we talked about at the start of the episode, I want to know, Brody, how are you naming your cultists? What, when you come to pick a name for your cultist, what is your go to approach? Shannon one, Shannon two, <laughs> Shannon three. Um, no, actually, I, I didn't bother. Like, um, oh, yeah. You just left them yeah, generic? Yeah, I, I left it at the default. I left it all default. I didn't want to grow any attachment to these people because I knew what I'd be doing. Fair to enough. So I'm doing the total opposite, naming them all after my friends. Have you named <laughs> one Brody yet? I haven't named one Brody ah, yet. I'm still still early days. I was working through... I was Shannon? only working through the people that were in what PlayStation Shannon? chat at the time. I haven't named anyone oh, Shannon. Wow. No. So we're, not, we're not anywhere near his top friends. In, in fairness, I haven't even added my girlfriend to the mix yet either. So she's well, nor should you. We've known you longer. You've known us longer, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to have her around and let her... Because, you know, you can cut... Like, once you've 
indoctrinated them into your cult, which is one of the words I was looking for earlier. Um, you can like choose their appearance. I was gonna have her be, like pick what her cultist looked like when she comes over. That's one day. a safe move. That's a that's a yeah, smart move. Exactly. Yeah. I said I don't want to just like pick any random goat and <laughs> call it call it M. Yeah. Well, look, um, I'm I'm very offended, but uh, please go on, uh, Shannon. How are you Shannon, gonna name your? How, what would you be your approach to naming your cultists? Just Gronks, Gronk one, Gronk, Gronk two. <laughs> That's what I said. Should have known that. Should Is it really? That. Oh, Shannon, yeah. I, I get it. Ah, you're the Gronk. That was the joke. Uh, all I right. Well, before we throw around any more insults, let's play what the wiki, the press start podcast game show, where the previous week's winner reads part reads part of a Wikipedia page from an unknown game, and the contestants must guess the game. The first to guess two games correctly wins around and takes home the point. And last week, that point was awarded to James, who would be today's host. But in his absence, we're going to do something a little bit different. If you're keeping tabs of the scores, James is currently in lead on ten points, Brody behind on seven, Shannon on six. Me on four, Kieran on one, and Heron Stephen tied on nil pois. Um, but I did say we're going to do something a bit different today because Brody had a genius idea as he was taking a dump this afternoon. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> That's where I do all my best uh, thinking. <laughs> um, where we're going to take it in turns to read a game and the other two ma- may guess what that game is and whoever guesses it then reads the next game and so on. It's so like, we own, It's like, we it's like markers up. up. If, you, you know, if you've ever kicked yeah. the footy with your mates, it's like markers up until it's someone gets to two. to primary school right there. Yeah. Um, until someone gets to two, obviously, yes. Uh, so we all have our own individual lists of games prepared. I've got a, a spin wheel ready to roll to pick the first person. Imagine if we somehow stumble across a theme. That's going to be pretty impressive. I know, right? Without okay, spinning combined. the wheel now, it's still it's still spinning. Who's it going to land on? This is it's, good for the audio listeners. It's going to... Oh, oh, my God. I wish you could have seen that. It just ticked over Brody. It was nearly me. So, Brody, your kicking's off. You all can right. read us the first game. It's a pleasure. Okay. All right, are we ready? Yes. The game is a physics puzzle game where players play as a customizable person uh, referred to in-game as Bob. Bob is stated to have no superhuman abilities. He is purely human. Players can make him... Ewan. Ewan? Is this... Oh, no. Is this the Stanley Parable? It's not the Stanley Parable. Okay. Uh, Players can make him grab objects and climb up ledges using both arms and looking with his head. That's the end of the paragraph, so feel free to chime mm. in whenever you like. Although Ewan? Bob's Ewan. Is this humans fall flat? Now I'm going to pay it. Human wow. falls flat. The game is called Human Fall Flat. Fall flat, okay. So no you got it wrong twice, there. technically, but <laughs> I'll still allow it. Ewan, well Human done. You've flat. drawn first you. blood. Thank you, thank you. Uh, alright, so I will read the next game. In this single, in, sorry, in the single player mode, the player is able to choose between two characters and complete a variety of missions filled with puzzles and a cast of enemies, including the enemy spy, all of which are AI controlled. The story has been developed to be like an extended episode of the 1960s cartoon with a modern twist. The choice of spy does not matter. The player will still receive the same weapons and gadgets on either campaign. Likewise, also, there are the same missions either way. <laughs> the main story in this mode revolves around the two spies trying to stop the super weapon of an evil general and trying to outsmart each other along the way. In the multiplayer mode, two new colored spies introduce red and blue. 
These spies are AI controlled with two players or can be Shannon. This is a terribly written Wikipedia entry, by the way. I'm I'm going to say two names just because you got to guess agent versus spies or, <laughs> or spies versus spies. I can't remember what it's called. Wait, what did you say first? Agent versus spies. Oh, what did you or say second? <laughs> spies versus spies. I'll I'll pay it. I've got to cut yeah, some leniency. It's spy versus spy. Yes. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> I knew what it was. <laughs> I just couldn't that that think of the name. You better pay me some <laughs> bullshit in this next round. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Shannon, you went on a point each. All I've Shannon learned is I can just name something remotely close yeah. to the game and I'll get through. <laughs> so is You all let me now? get away with Astrobot before when it should have just been yes, Astrobot. Yes, it is you. Although, what's the first game called? Astrobot? Astrobot? Astro the Bot's VR Rescue one? Mission? Astro. That sounds right. That sounds. Yeah, see? I was wrong as well. Shannon, yeah, go for it. The game is a 2013 survival horror action game. It was... Ooh, I can't say that. The <laughs> game story follows <laughs> a main... You and you Jared. Yes. Is it The Last of Us? No. The game oh. follows a main player and his allies as they explore the frozen planet Tau Volantis to discover the origins Brody. of the growing... Yes, Brody. Is it Dead Space 3? It is Dead Space 3. Well done. Damn. Damn. We're back to Brody. That was an honest point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's actually pronounced a dead space. (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) Twa. Twa. (laughs) Yeah. I I started saying that joke Friday. Sorry, it's me again. I forget it. it. I literally forgot that. If I get this, do I win? Is that. Yes. Oh, you Hang on. Likewise, you if I get this, I win. Hang on, that means I can't win. <laughs> Brody's disinf- <laughs> It was your game. No, you can like still... You, oh, wait. You, yeah, you it's played yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this no, would make that, so much sense. Why, that's why I did the wheel spin. Hmm. The wheel spin, big deciding so you, uh, so I didn't, But Brody, you I had didn't, your opportunity to win. I didn't want to win the wheel spin. That was the thing. <laughs> I, thought yeah, it, I, thought yeah. it, I thought it was a good thing. All right. <laughs> anyway, good luck to you both. You dicks. All right. <laughs> the game is a one to four player cooperative first person shooter video game in which players work together to explore destructible procedurally generated cave systems. The game focuses on PVE combat, meaning there is no benefit to killing other players. Players take on the role of one of four Shannon. space. Oh, um, Shannon. Nah, I was going to say the binding of Isaac, but. That is not oh, even no, I think remotely I know what this close. Is. I uh, played this game a lot. What is it called? Players take on the role of one of four space dwarves assigned to various ah! missions, which include objectives that? such as mining specific materials, stealing alien eggs, eliminating targets, or retrieving ah! lost equipment. End of paragraph. These are usually the main objective. It wasn't the end. I was just letting Ewan come back in because I feel like he's the Fuck. only one that knows it. Uh, the game place takes place underground on Hoxes 4, a dangerous planet full of minerals, biomes, and bugs. Though recently Rock new enemies stone. have been added. Shannon. Missions take place... Uh, Shannon? Journey to the Savage Planet. No. Wow. You and you just have to think of the title here. Missions, I do. Missions, this is killing me. Missions this take is, place, why has this been the theme of today's episode? I just can't remember titles, and it's literally the crux of this game. Missions take place in large caverns and tunnels with varying, varying terrain, generation, objectives, and enemies, depending on the biome and mission type. 
Players fight insect-like aliens as they attempt to complete the mission objectives. Oh, and my God. Uh, tell me what I'm in again. I'm never going to oh, get I it. I can't. That is the end of the paragraph. Shannon. Yes. They're out of wilds. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm thinking what I can do here. Uh, like, I- I've literally played a... F- a hell of a lot of this game this like the game is by months, ghost ship games game. it's their first game the team took inspiration from both minecraft and left for dead the team felt that a problem with left for dead was that it was unbalanced for new players who wanted to play with veterans and as such they wanted to design a game where all teammates could be on an even footing regardless of experience uh i'm literally going red in the face i don't know how to do this do we first letter can you give us a oh, clue? How many words? I, can, I, I reckon a clue would the, the, I reckon a clue would do me. The title? It'd yeah. get you there, you reckon? The clue would get yeah. you there. Alright. The game has I really don't want Shannon to get it right. The title has three words. Yeah. I feel like you knew rock. that already. Um can I maybe give you the initials? Sure. Should we are you happy that, with that, I Shannon? I love that. <laughs> yeah. D R G. I'll talk for the audio listeners. Oh, oh, no, wait, it's coming. Is it Deep Rock Galactic? You didn't chime in, but yes, it is. You are- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, my God. Deep Rock Galactic. Well yeah, done, Ewan. You won a point. Thank you, my son. You have no idea oh. how grueling that was for me. And me. <laughs> this. <laughs> if you've played it and still couldn't get it, I feel like... I, get I literally played like you're I, right. I, I, how do I check my game time on that's I'll report back next next episode how much of that game I've played. I wonder if but I can it's tell probably you. an embarrassing amount for not being able to remember what that was called. Uh, all right. With that, let's bring an end to what was this episode of the Press Start Podcast. Subscribe to us on Listener or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at Press.au and visit the site at pressstart.com.au. We've been joined today by Shannon. You can follow me at Shancake underscore on the Twitter. And I should mention that we are going to be at Gamescom. I believe we are the only Australian outlet that will be there. So we bring you lots of awesome hands-on stuff from Woo! the show. And Australia is like the po- country, like country partner. partner this year. Correct. Very cool. Be, so what, what exactly does that mean? There's going to be a bunch of Aussie gamers there? I think there's 32 Australian studios there, which is very cool. Wow. So, yeah. They'll be there showing their game. I believe it's right at the front door. So anyone that goes to Gamescom and it is the biggest um, gaming convention in the world will walk past an Australian stand, which is awesome, with the likes of Cult of the Lamb and a bunch of other games there. That's awesome. Uh, Also joining us today was Brody. Thank you. You can follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG. And I have been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, happy gaming. Bye. Bye.